When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show. And we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. There's been some conversation around the Lakers deciding to hang their new in-season tournament banner title, whatever, whatever the hell you want to call it. And yesterday was it different? No, yesterday, no, day for yesterday, uh, the Lakers decided to hold a ceremony at Crypto.com or Crypto Arena, whatever, uh, and <clears throat> they had a ceremony where they hoisted the 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 you know that whatever you want to call it in the rafters, right? And during the ceremony, you could actually see that even the Laker fans uh, that were in attendance had no real reaction to it. It was very, very quiet, which was telling. Because one would think that Laker fans would be very, very excited to see this. But it seems like uh, diehard Laker fans and purists saw straight through uh, that spectacle. And they were like, this is a bunch of nonsense. As a matter of fact... Uh, a day or so ago, we put up we put up a poll on our channel. We asked a question. We said, "Laker fans, are you seriously proud?" <clears throat> excuse me, just dealing with the cold. Seriously proud of the Lakers raising that banner for Laker fans only. Out of the seven thousand five hundred voters, seventy nine percent said no, and twenty one percent said uh, yes. Yeah. So it seems like people in general aren't receptive uh, to this particular war. So what happened, uh, today I was going through the internet and I came across a show from, you know, hip hop legends, uh, Cameron and Mace, the people I grew up listening to as a kid, especially Mace. Um, and they had the title to their show, which, which had the headline, Oh, that boy, John Moran is back. And Kobe would have never let them hang the in season banner episode 73. And I was like, hold up. I got to click on this. I got to click on this and see what they were saying. So I clicked on it uh, and it was a pretty long show. It was about an hour show, but I got to the part where Cameron and Mace were talking about it. And when Cameron started to talk about it, he kept it so real and so like lighthearted, but brutally honest. And I was like, for even Cam and Mace to be talking about it, you know, that something is off. So, so those of you, for those of you who didn't hear what Cameron and Mace had to say, uh, want to quickly play what they had to say about that. Listen to the part when Cam goes, when, you know, they when they hung up the Raptors, what Kobe would have did. And they were going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Cam and Mace uh, had to say here. Take a listen to that. Niggas hung that banner up in, in the crypto arena, wherever, old Staples Center. Niggas got cooked by the Knicks. Kobe would have burnt that shit. 
before I got up there. Yo, niggas is like, yeah. banners up and shit, and then get cooked by the Knicks. That ain't it. You know what I'm saying? That's not it. They should have just took a couple dollars to 500 and got back to the regular season. Not saying it isn't something to celebrate. Um, this is the first year for it, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, oh, this is what I wouldn't have hung that button up. I would have put it on on the scoreboard. Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. Yeah, not not in the Raptors. <laughs> Maybe by, across the scoreboard is good. Not in the air. Not in the sky. I like not that. Not in the air. I like that. You it's keep disrespectful. So, yeah, so when you come there, because you got... You got Jerry yeah, so West up there. Go ahead and throw his powder up and get a guy the powder on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I think the yeah. banner should be on the score save. I don't know if that goes against league policy or anything else, but it shouldn't go up there with everything else. Um, you hang the banner up, like I was saying, and then you lose to the Knicks. Put it in a skybox. That's as far as far as you could take. Possibly, but not only that. What happened is the rest of the league started taking notice. Not saying they wasn't taking notice before, but what happened is the NBA turned this in-season tournament thing to a big f***ing deal. And we was all excited to see it to the point where we was like, yo, the pace, even though before this in tournament, we were looking at Halliburton and everything else like, oh, Rick Carlisle is over there coaching. And they all came from situations where it was f***ed up and Buddy Hill. Yeah, underdog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Buddy Hill and... You know, they did that. Look, y'all niggas being watched didn't like it. Giannis didn't like it. 64 and you poking Halliburton in the chest and you and your pops all on TNT the other night. Niggas didn't like it. Yeah, the and, word got out that the niggas was soft. Pause. That's what happened. Yeah. Once once um, Giannis ran back in their locker room and took the ball <laughs> and no big man, no big man and nobody said anything, the word got around the league. Oh, them niggas soft. So you heard what Cameron and Mace had to say. Now, I know there are going to be some people that say, oh, man, why are you talking about this so much? I thought that this meant something. I thought that this meant something. I thought some of you guys wanted us to give this thing some type of significance. Well, here I am talking about it. Or do you mean that, wait a minute, if you're going to talk about it, you can only say nice things about uh, nice things about this award. If you're not going to say any nice things about it, I don't want you talking about it. Then I can tell you to go ahead and kick rocks, right? Because YouTube is a big place. I don't want to force you to watch. Uh, and but yet here you are. So there must be something that keeps keeps you coming back to the content every single day. Only you can <laughs> only you can answer that. Listen, I think Cam and them said exactly what most normal people would have said. I was just trying to picture Kobe's face, like yo, I, you know, I'm trying to picture the call. Like how did the how would a call have gone if the Lakers were thinking of doing something like this and they called Kobe, like hey Kobe, can you pop in? Like okay, it's like yo, can, can we get Kobe in the phone? Like I'm gonna call him. The phone ring. Hello. It's like hello. Yeah, like, hey, how you guys doing? Hey, shout out to Genie and all. How, how do you do? Hey, hey, Kobe, man, we just saw, I'm sure you saw us win the in-season tournament. Oh, no, I was busy, man. I was working on my stories. Ah, oh, okay, well, if you didn't know, uh, it turns out that we actually won the in-season tournament banner. What's that again? You know, it's a championship. It's like an award we made up, you know. Well, it doesn't really matter why we made it up, but we made up this award anyway. And anyway, we won it. We won it. So we're thinking of putting up like a banner of it in the stadium and we're wondering if you could t attend hello kobe kobe i'm just picturing kobe's face what was it on jimmy kimmel live when <laughs> when they interviewed no when they played the video 
of um Nick Young and these dudes celebrating at the end of the game. And they, I think they had like they were like they had like they were like ten games below five hundred. And they the camera fan back to Kobe's face and this look on his face. Like I I I believe that's the expression uh Kobe would have had on his face. So the question is, why would have Kobe felt that way? Why would Kobe have felt uh, felt that way? Well, it's simple. Uh Kobe wasn't into gimmicks, man. Kobe wanted to win titles. It's one of the reasons he sacrificed his game uh, for Shaq. Now, here's a funny bit of information for you guys. Do you guys know that there was a certain point in the NBA when, I believe it was in the 2003 season or so, uh, and Kobe had scored 40 points for nine straight games. And I think that started when Shaq, I think, got injured or something. And Shaq came back, Kobe was still on the tear. And he said this on the Alex, Rodri Alex Rodriguez um, podcast, and he and he was like, Phil Jackson came over to him. It's like, Kobe, you need, we're going to need you to dial it back because we're beginning to lose, big fella. So we're going to need you to dial it back a little bit and try to incorporate Shaq into the offense. And Kobe was like, okay, I got you. Does that sound like somebody that, 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 that gets carried? Can somebody that gets carried score 90 points? I mean, uh, 40 points for nine straight games? Are we talking about the same dude that could score 81 in the game? Are we talking about the same dude that could score 50 in four straight games? Are we talking about that dude? We talking about the dude that can average thirty five and a half points per game or thirty five point one points per game in the slowest era in the history of basketball with the least amount of possessions when the average score is about ninety seven points per game. Do you know what it is for a player to have eighty one points in an era where its teams were scoring about what was it ninety seven or one hundred and two points per game or something like that? Do you know what? Do you know what type of player you got to be to do that? This the Kobe we talking about that got carried by Shaq. Huh. So after Shaq left, how many more rings did Kobe get? Huh. How many more rings did Shaq get? Huh. Are we talking about the same dude? Man, y'all better stop playing with me. Y'all better stop playing with me. So back to what Cam and May said. Listen, I think they summarized it perfectly. Um, I don't see any serious Laker fans disagreeing with them. So I don't know what constituency would find what Cam and Mace had to say offensive. Who would this constituency be? Because if it's the Laker fans, I think Lakers would concur. I think most loyal Laker fans would also agree with the fact that Kobe would have, Kobe would have said, I'm not with this nonsense. Right? And they would have agreed with him because he's a, he's a person that was tenured, played 20 years with the organization, helped them win five championships. So most Laker fans would agree with him. So who would disagree with Kobe in this particular matter? And for the people that are going to feel a type of way, like, oh, man, why are you always talking about this? Hey, listen. Some people wanted to give this thing some seriousness, some some credibility. Here I am talking about it. Or would you like me to move on? So to me, listen, uh, I think Cam and Mace were 100% on the money. Uh, it was a joke. Uh, it was embarrassing. And I think that by putting it next to those championship banners, it devalues what a championship is. How in the how in good Lord's name could a tournament cup that takes you seven games to win where you're not even playing against the best teams. And then just think, just, just think about the rationale that goes into winning an NBA cup. You're playing against a random set of teams or whatever, and you're not selecting them by record, which means that you could be playing any old team within that thing. Now we've looked at the, we've looked at the records of both the Lakers and in Indiana, Indiana Pacers, and they've been below 500. Right? Around a 25-30% winning percentage. And some people are saying, well, it's because all of the effort that they exerted into going into the playing tournament. So you're telling me that the Lakers and these guys exerted more effort into the playing tournament than they would have exerted into the actual playoffs? 
or did we just watch a, deb- uh, an absolute sham of a competition? Because I don't believe that's the most competitive basketball we're going to see uh, this season. I believe we're going to get our most competitive brand of basketball when the regular season commences. I mean, when the playoff commences. So it then begs the question, what did we just watch? What did we just watch? And then it had the nerve of all organizations, the Lakers, who set the standard? Who set the standard? I mean, the Lakers, Celtics, and of course you have the, what is it, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, you have the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, you have the what is it? The um, Golden State Warriors, and then you have everybody else kind of playing catch up. But those are the you know those are the big boys in the NBA in terms of teams uh, that have the most championships. Um, you know, historic uh, you know um, dynasties or whatever you want to call it. And then it's everybody else. But the Lakers and the Celtics sit at the top. So how could the Lakers now all of a sudden put this significance? And an NBA cup that half the people didn't even care about. And then the only reason that the players cared about it because there was a financial incentive. And the minute the financial incentive went away, they stopped caring. Because one then needs to ask, okay, so what happened to all of this great basketball, quote-unquote, we were seeing? Why don't we see it anymore? These are all pertinent questions. What happened? Somebody said, oh, well, they were burnt out. Really? Did they go through like a seven-game series to get there? Or was it a game that they were playing on a Saturday night, then another game? Like, what, what, what are we talking about? It's not like it's who they're playing in the playoffs. So to me, listen, uh, I agree with Cam and Mace. They are absolutely right to laugh at it. And Kobe Bryant went up there and burnt that. You know what? Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Yesterday was the long-awaited uh, return of John Morant into the NBA after he finished serving, I believe, a 25-game suspension, something that we all discussed uh, ad nauseum, right? So John Morant, since his suspension, totally, did, totally excuse me, uh, disappeared, uh, stayed under the radar, um, and just patiently waited for his moment to basically make a return. And that's exactly what he did last night uh, against the New Orleans Pelicans in a primetime game uh, that was being covered by TNT and Kenny, Kenny Smith and Charles, uh, not Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley wasn't there, uh, and Ernie Johnson. So he went out there and he got out to a slow start uh, in the first half. But in the second half, he came on really strong and he actually ended up um, hitting, what is it? Yeah, he actually ended up hitting uh, the game-winning shot for them in, uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies, excuse me, and ended up finishing that game. Let me look at his splits. He finished that game with what? 34 points um, on 50% shooting from the field, 0% from the three. But you can understand that. Maybe Russ played a factor. But he did shoot 83% from the free throw line. So he made his free throws. He got what? Six rebounds, eight assists, two steals. And he did have five turnovers, which is understandable for a player that hasn't played in that long. But nevertheless, was still able to deliver for them. And more importantly than delivering in terms of the victory, I think he's now beginning to reinfuse that confidence. That's really what's important here. Apart from your abilities, the confidence you have to go out there and perform, I think is even greater. And that's what I think he's given his team. Because you see them hype. They were hollering after the game when he was doing his post-game uh, interview. So you could see that, you know, they have this new energy back in the building. And that's what a great star player can do. And obviously that's what uh, John Morant did for the team. So what happened? I get on social media and a clip cr- comes across my phone where you see John Morant running through the tunnel. And he's shouting, I kept receipts. I kept receipts. Uh, and then um, what else happens? He then goes to the post game and he's talking about the people that have said X, Y, and Z about him. And he remembered all of his various people. And then it made me think about Shannon Sharp, right? Because a number of years ago, about a year or so ago, John Moran took us behind the scenes 
when they were unveiling his new Nike shoe. Uh, and he put out a he put out a video on his YouTube channel. I don't know I don't know if it's still there. You guys can go hunt it down. But he was kind of taking us behind the curtains to walk us through the process of what it's like to you know the process of you know having your own shoe made by Nike. And then as he's walking through these various places, you hear music playing, and then you hear a voice playing in the background. And that voice is playing in the background is actually the voice of Shannon Sharp. And some of the things that Shannon Sharp has said about him, which brings me to Shannon himself. Shannon has been one of the more vocal critics of John Morant, but I think most of the cases uh, he's been inbound. But nevertheless, he hasn't been afraid uh, to make his positions clear uh, on John Morant. And what we want to do is want to play his most recent comments about John Morant after his former his, his, the incident that he had that ultimately got him suspended for the amount of games that he did. So what we want to do is want to play that for you now, and then we're to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Shannon Sharp had to say here. Hell no. There lies the problem again, Skip. You see? Mm-hmm. Here we are again. John Morant refuses to accept accountability and responsibility for his actions. Mm-hmm. Again, it's somebody else. Somebody from the back seat passed up a toy gun. What grown-ass man you know? play with toy guns and listen to NBA young boy and listen to that kind of gangster with a toy gun. The last guy, the last person I know played with a toy gun, it didn't end well for him. That was Tamir Rice. He was a 12 year old. Thank you. So now y'all want to play with a 12 gun. Instead of saying, you know, if that was your Mm -hmm. argument, use that the day after it happened. Yeah. Say, you know, man, that was a toy. Man, that was a prop. Man, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't mess around no toy gun. So did you go into Adam Silver's office when this happened of using shotgun Willis and say that was a toy gun? Again, Ja, just accept responsibility. Commissioner, I was wrong. I know I was just in your office two months ago, and I told you I wouldn't let that happen again. I was wrong, Commissioner. I come at you. I'm at your mercy. Whatever you decide, I'm willing to accept because I'm willing to show you that I've learned my lesson this time around. Again, he will not accept responsibility for what he did. He will not own up to the accountability that should be bestowed upon him. It was a toy gun, now, Skip. Really? Really, Josh Camp? This is what y'all want us to believe. That was a toy gun. So if it was a toy gun, why did that guy, he had that, whoa, get that up. So why did he do it so quick if that was a toy gun? Good point. Nobody believes that. Mm. All you got to do, Josh, you made a mistake. You made another mistake. Okay, it happened. uh, And I wish it wouldn't happen. But you've got to accept responsibility for this stuff and stop trying to pass the buck. Somebody in the back seat, why they pass you a toy? <clears throat> so you mean to tell me that you're going to fool around with a toy gun and somebody might think that thing real and let one off on you for mm. real, Ja? Mm. Is that what you want people to believe? Yeah. Ja's camp, come on. Y'all better than this. Just accept the responsibility. Have Ja, you, you, you come out there with that half-hearted apology that seemed like it was written by, uh, uh, by, by one of these when this AI services come, Skip, I just can't. See, and people say, well, Shannon, man, you just be a hard on Ja because Ja won't accept responsibility. Yeah. That's a part, Skip, a part of an apology is accepting responsibility for the wrong that you've done. Yeah. People at home, this got nothing to do with the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got the Second Amendment. If you're not a federal officer, take your ass to a government building with a firearm and say, but I got, I got the Second Amendment. And see what they do. Go to the federal courthouse, go to a government building with your firearm on you, and you're not an official, and see what happened to you. And use that Second Amendment bull mm-hmm. The NBA is a private entity. They say no guns on the premise and blah, 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 so forth yep. and so on. But Skip, I just can't get it, Skip. I just don't know what else we can do. I just wish I could just sit down and talk to him, and I would tell him, Ja, 
Just accept the responsibility. So you heard what Shannon Sharp uh, had to say. Um, at the time, I think Shannon Sharp was doing his job. I don't think he meant anything malicious by it. The information came across his desk, so he had to discuss it, right? Um, but in the case of John Morant, John Morant plays with a lot of bravado. Uh, he plays with a lot of confidence. Sometimes it turns people off. Uh, sometimes the Memphis Grizzlies talk before they deliver. Um, but I think that's what makes that team who they are, right? That's their that's their makeup. Some people like it. Some people dislike it. I'm not really a fan of it, but there's some people uh, that love it. But nevertheless, for you to come back after a 25-game suspension and to throw down the gauntlet like that in such an emph emphatic, emphatic way and then end up hitting the game-winning buzzer, I mean game-winning game shot at the buzzer for your team, that says a lot about you. It really does. And if we look at the Western Conference standings right now, I want to take a quick glimpse at it. In the West right now, the Memphis Grizzlies are current, currently the number 13 seed. Right, so there are a few games, there are a lot of games, actually seven games, I believe, out outside of the top top ten seed to at least be in the playing tournament. And if they can get into the playing tournament, they could be one of those teams that could be dangerous. Right, so I definitely think that they have an opportunity to be one of those teams that can make it into the playing tournament. And then once you make it in there, anything can happen. I think the smarter teams this year are going to try their best to avoid the playing tournament. It would be, quite frankly, stupid to try to find yourself within the playing tournament and take the chance of being knocked out, especially after a long 82-game uh, season and then to go in there and play with play with the chance and then have some team come and knock you out at the last moment. But to me, listen, um, he's back. Uh, I think that he's going to give that team a shot in the arm uh, that they desperately needed. You can obviously see the impact of his uh, of, of his absence. And to me, that's why it's amazing when they talk about, well, can you imagine if they took this guy off the team, what the team would be? I'm like, can you imagine if they took a great player off of a great team, what that team would become? Like, hello, this is what I'm trying to figure out. So, to me, man, I think it's good to have John Morant back. He seems very, very focused. He seems very motivated. If keeping receipts and keeping names of people that that doubted him is what's motivating him, more power to him. I, I'm that type of way as well. Now, I'm not going to holler about it, but I remember every single person that looked down on me or said something about me, and it's something that fuels me. So, if that's what he uses uh, as engine fuel to get him going, uh, get himself going, then more power to him. You know, more power to him. I, I support that. And, uh, you know, I hope he comes back this season and plays very well. Uh, I hope that he stays away from all of the drama. I hope there's no repeat, no nothing. And I hope it's all about basketball. And, and more importantly, apart from basketball, more about the substance. I know the Memphis Grizzlies are a very, very confident team, but I would like to see them back it up as well. Talking the talk and all of that stuff and then going to the playoffs and getting knocked down in the second rounds ain't really it for me. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Uh, we started off this season with the Clippers in a pretty bumpy way. Well, they started off pretty decently. Uh, and then they elected to pull off a blockbuster trade by find, finding a way, excuse me, to bring in James Harden. At the time it happened, uh, I was absolutely beside myself. I couldn't believe that they did that because I knew that having James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, uh, and Paul George in the starting lineup was just not going to work. There were too many redundant skill sets. And as a matter of fact, it didn't work. Before they got to James Harden, they won a one-game losing streak. After acquiring him, they ended up going up to a six-game losing streak, losing five games uh, with him, right? So I was very, very disappointed <clears throat> at the Clippers doing that. And then we got the news, which, and I said it at the time, I said they said that, uh, uh, Russell Westbrook had approached the team and told him that he would be elected to come off the bench. And I said, okay, this is some great news because now finally, at least uh, things can begin to make sense. And they started to make sense for a bit, but I still wasn't 100% convinced. And I was one of the people that was very, very critical uh, about James Harden. So what happened? All of a sudden, the Clippers going to two-game winning streak. 
Three-game winning streak. I'm like, I'm not discussing this. I'm not discussing a three-game winning streak. Four-game winning streak. Okay, this is pretty interesting. Five-game winning streak. Hmm. What's going on here? Six-game winning streak. Okay. Seven-game winning streak. Hmm. Bro, you seeing this? Eight-game winning streak. Why isn't this team being talked about? And that's the exact place uh, that I find myself in. So what happened? Uh, recently, they just came off a win against the New York Knicks. Uh, was it the New York Knicks? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It, I mean, it was. It was just absolutely. I mean, it was just total madness. Let me see if I can pull it up. The team, I think it was the Knicks that they beat. It was. It was. Um. Anyway, they just. They just. No, the Indiana Pacers. Excuse me. They just beat the Indiana and, and the Indiana Pacers, and I mean, it was absolutely insane. They ended up winning that game 151 to 127. And I was as I was watching the game, I'm looking at the Clippers play, and I'm saying to myself. I cannot believe how good this team is playing right now. I was looking at the team and I was like, are these guys really playing this well? I mean, because remember, they just played against a legitimate team. For God's sakes, this is the Indiana Pacers that went to that heralded NBA Cup championship round. I mean, we're talking about the Indiana Pacers. Then when they when the Clippers beat them, oh, the, Clippers. the Indiana Pacers, man, they're nothing. They're nothing. They're nothing. Heading into the playing tournament, this is one of the most electrifying offenses in the entire NBA. We got to go in there and see them. They're going to give the Lakers a serious challenge. This team can score buckets at a drop of a dime. Clippers beat them. Man, I, they're not really good defensively. Yeah, they can score some points, but they're not really, really good. So that, that was the narrative. So they go in there, they beat, the, they, 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 they beat the hell out of them. And I'm watching the game, and I'm saying to myself, as all of this is unfolding, I'm like, am, am I witnessing what I'm witnessing right now? Am I, am I really watching this thing? It got to a certain point within that game. And I was looking at this team and I said to myself, is this particular uh, trio of Paul George, James Harden, excuse me, Kawhi Leonard, are they a more potent trio than James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving? And I'm saying to myself, I think they're better than these those guys. They're certainly more versatile. Certainly. Because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, especially Kawhi, is just as efficient as Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. We're going to get to those numbers uh, um, that uh, subsequently. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are in a totally different universe in terms of defenders. Kyrie nor Kevin Durant ever made a defensive team in the history of their careers, including James Harden. So they have more versatility uh, than that trio. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, could they be better than that trio? And then it, and then it brought me to Kawhi Leonard. You know, we recently put up some comments where we asked our audience, hey, listen, do you think Kawhi, Leonard's is, Kawhi Leonard, uh, excuse me, deserves to be in the MVP conversation? The overwhelming majority said no. Now, here's what's, here's what's interesting. This is a Kobe Bryant channel, Kawhi Leonard channel. How come I couldn't sway the audience to vote him and vote to vote uh, in, in, in the direction that I wanted them to? Turns out they all have their own opinions, right? Turns out I really can't control what people vote, right? So I thought that was pretty interesting. The vast majority of them said no. And I think the reason that a lot of these people are saying no is because they don't know what's really going on from a day-to-day -day standpoint. They're more uh, relying upon what people in the media are telling them on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's that's fair because most fans are not going to follow your team the way you want them to follow your favorite player. The way that people have lives. People are going to catch the news on their phones or on the go. So. You understand that? Let me let me let me hit y'all up to some information here. First of all, the Clippers have won eight games in a row. 
They're now the number six seed in the Western Conference, and they're going to be playing against the Dallas Mavericks. Lord, let's see how they do. Hopefully they do well, because if they beat them, they're going to move up to the number ten, number five seed. So they're going to be playing a pretty good Dallas team who's a number five seed uh, currently. Uh, there is that. Their offense has been clicking on a totally different level. Now, I want to read you Kawhi Leonard's regular season stats thus far. This, this, this campaign, he is averaging 24.2 points per game, 52% shooting from the field, 44% shooting from the three, 87% shooting from the free throw line, getting you 5.8 rebounds, 3.5 assists, only 1.5 turnovers. That's the lowest he's had since 2015. And getting you 1.5 steals a game. Now, those are the numbers on their face. Let me give you guys some more. Let me give you guys some more context. Some people say, well, you know, Kawhi Leonard didn't play enough games last season, so I don't see how we can have him in the MVP conversation this season. Quite interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting uh, that you say this because Kawhi Leonard didn't play a lot of games last year. As a matter of fact, he only played 52 games. However, there's a fundamental difference this season. Kawhi has played every single game on the calendar, so you can't hold him against you can't hold that against him this season, number one. Number two, he's played more games than Joel Embiid and just as many games as Giannis Antetokounmpo and Nikola Jokic or any other player that may be an MVP conversation uh, in consideration. That's number two. Number three, let me give you guys some more data to crystallize what I'm saying because he got off to a, a slow start. And obviously, you're going to get off to a problematic start when you integrate a new player into the offense. Things are going to be pretty um, uh, uneven. So let me give you guys Kawhi's stats over the last 10 games to give you guys a better understanding of what the hell is actually going on and more importantly, where all of this is trending towards. Because that 24.5, that's not where it's heading towards. Let me give you guys a better, some, 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 some better information. In the last 10 games, Kawhi Leonard is averaging 29.1 points per game with six rebounds, 3.5 assists. Now, let me give you some of his splits. In that time frame, he is shooting, get this, 63% from the field. We can stop the show right now. We, we, I mean, we can cut it off right now. Somebody's shooting 63% from the field and their team is on an eight-game winning streak and they're not even in the MVP. So what makes you, what? how do you get an MVP conversation by sitting up there twerking it up all over the place or having people on television come up here and cry for you? Oh, man, wait, well, you know, we think he should be in the MVP con. But why? His team sucks and he's not doing it. Well, whoa, can you imagine if you took him off that team, what they would be? Can you imagine which, if you took off a great player off of any great team, what that team would be? Like, what, 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 anyway. Kawhi is shooting 50, 63% from the field. Some people are like, well, he has big hands. Okay. Do y'all know that this, I almost said the N-word. Y'all know Kawhi Leonard is shooting 57.4% from three? And he's shooting 90% from the free throw line? Do you, guys know, do you guys know Kawhi Leonard in the last 10 games is averaging 29 points per game with six rebounds, 3.5 assists, Shooting 63, 57, and 90. Who's the player playing better than him? Now, while we're on the subject, I'm just going to say it now. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is absolutely one of the five best players in the NBA right now. Name me five guys that are better than him, and I'll tell you on some hot. Bring the, bring the, bring the players. Who? I'll give you Nikola Jokic. Good. I'll give you Giannis. Good. I'll give you Embiid. Good. And then we stop. Who else we got? Luca, I don't know. He's definitely more efficient than Luca, so I don't know. Who we got? LeBron, stop. Who else we got? Jason Tatum, hell no. Who else we got? Uh Shy, Shy Gilchrist, Alexander. Well, who would you rather have? 
healthy going into the playoffs. Shy Gilchrist, Alexander, Kawhi Leonard. Whatever you decide, that's your position. Who else? Uh, who else can we think of? I mean, let me let's go through some of the names. Top players in the NBA right now. Let me see. Uh, top players in the NBA right now. Let me see. Uh, I said Luka Doncic. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? We got. We got Luka Doncic. I can't think of any other players. Maybe I'm missing some right now. But those are the those are the players. Uh, he's better than Zach Levine. He's better than Pascal. So let's, so let, let's see who else. Who are these players? Uh, let me okay, number six. So we got he's better than Shy. He's better than Devin Booker. Obviously, he's better than Jason Tatum. He's better. I think he's better than Luca. Of course, you have Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think he's better than Stephen Curry. Uh, I, th I think Kawhi Leonard is a top five player, and I'll pick him over any one of those dudes going into the playoffs. The one person I give serious respect to is Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic is a demon in the playoffs. It, I give I give Nikola Jokic. The, Nikola Jokic, in my personal view, is the best player in the world. I think he's better than Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think it's Nikola Jokic right now. But Kawhi Leonard is one of the five worst, uh, five best players in the NBA. Because if he's not one of the five best players, bring me the, bring me these dudes. And then bring me the guys that you say are better than him that also had to deal with the same adversity by literally changing out the fundamental philosophy of their team this season and still having a, a, a being six games above 500. Bring them. Who are these dudes? So to me, I think he's a, a top five player, which then makes me ask, well, how is he not in the MVP conversation? How are, we, how are we doing this? What are we basing this off of? How is Kawhi Leonard not in the MVP conversation? Somebody said, well, he's averaging 24. So you mean to tell me any player averaging better points than that should be in the MVP conversation? So what would it take for Kawhi Leonard to, average, to be in the MVP? He wait, the Clippers need to win, what, the next 30 games in a row? He needs to be averaging, what, 46 a game? To me, I think he should be in the MVP discussion. But the thing with the Clippers and Kawhi is this. They have lost the benefit of the doubt. And in order for them to regain it, you got to go get it. Kawhi and these boys want to really get attention at the NBA, go win 15 in a row. Win 15 in a row. And if people are not mentioning your name as the top candidate to be MVP, you know that they're all clowns. You know that there's something seriously wrong with the people talking sports. If the Clippers win 15 games in a row, and they're not saying Kawhi Leonard is the front runner for MVP, then you already know. You already know what to think about those people talking sports. To me, he is he should be in the conversation. I didn't say he should be the MVP. I didn't say he should be the front runner. I said he should be in the conversation. Because if he can't be in the conversation, who can? Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.